Hi, you guys. Before we jump into the podcast today, I wanted to remind you of the podcast sponsor. To support the Elevated Muse and bring you guys more episodes, I have teamed up with the team at Wands Pleasure. Wands is a Canadian based company that ships worldwide. And think of anything pleasure product, okay? They've got wands, they've got jade eggs, they've got the delicious pussy butter that you can use as a lube. On their website as well, they have a huge blog that has heaps of information and education on the female body, as well as just the woman experience in general, but also connecting to our pleasure, healing through using our sexuality, connecting to our sexuality, and so much more good stuff that I think everyone needs to read. So for my community, Ones has allowed you guys to use my code Alicia at checkout to get 15% off your purchase okay so I used to have a 10% code and I think all of their sponsors and collaborations are all 10% I know that I'm the first person to have the 15% off discount code for their site so make use of this code and go and get yourself a beautiful crystal wand to expand your self-pleasure and to connect with your body connect with your yoni and learn yourself in deeper ways I also really, really, really recommend the pussy butter because it just smells like white chocolate. It's amazing. <laughs> I I could eat it. I feel like you actually can eat it. Don't quote me on that, but it's delicious. So yeah, at checkout, use the code Alicia to get 15% off of your order. And I hope you guys enjoy your products from there. I'd love to hear how this journey goes for you. If you're just starting out or you're expanding your pleasure practice right now, I would love to know. And now you guys can dive into this episode. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. Today I've got a guest coming back on that we've been meaning to get you back on for a hot minute now. We've just finally found the time to align. Everything stars have aligned. We've got Sean back here. I don't, what's your like screen name online? Just. Yeah, no one knows how to say it. And to be honest, even That's I true. don't, it's either Shanae or Shawnee, whichever. People, people think it's Cyan. Yeah, people think it's Cyan A. Yeah. And sometimes I get Sienna. <laughs> which is a weird one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. It's a tricky yeah. one. <laughs> do you have like in your bio, you should have in your bio. Do you have like how it's pronounced in your bio? I used to, I used yeah. to. And then I thought, who cares? That's taken out valuable real estate yeah. and the bio. It's true. <laughs> yeah. We only get however many characters. So that's true. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I need to plug my own shit. Yeah. Plugging my name doesn't matter you can call me whatever I'll yeah. respond that's <laughs> true yeah that's so true but anyway I know how to pronounce it now because I remember I asked when we first met I was like I want to just make sure yes. I just I feel like pronouncing people's names wrong like when you're not entirely sure it's just like offensive just ask like just ask how to say the name oh my god <laughs> I literally I get irrationally angry when people don't ask 
and they just assume because I always do that with other people like I'm exactly the same I will go out of my way to say before we begin can I just clarify how to say your name yeah it's just a sign of respect I think and I know some people genuinely get it wrong like they just don't know and that's fine like Irish names as my name is Irish it's super you know confusing because Neve is not like pronounced how it's spelled and Siobhan's not you know all the same so I get it but I think when you're doing like a podcast or when you're you know in a meeting or you're working with somebody like the common decent decent thing is to just ask yeah you know I agree I agree I get I get really like offended when I get comments or messages and people have spelt my name wrong when my name is on the screen in front of them. You know what I mean? I just, I feel like names are really like sacred to the person. Like you, you like that's the first sign of like, this is what's separating you from me basically. Like that's Mm -hmm. your name. That's what's like how you're introducing yourself. And like, spell names wrong and to like say names wrong is a triggering thing for me I don't know why I don't know why it's such an annoying thing for me but it just is <laughs> I get it I get it and I think like I mean that's been my whole life like my whole life people have been getting my name wrong um but I think it's also just it's people just getting lazy and thinking that they can just kind of nickname you as well you know oh my I, god I know people People with with more kind of um, ethnic names as well, like that's specific to their country and their language. People don't take the time to actually learn how to pronounce it properly. And they'll, they'll just like nickname them. And that just drives me absolutely insane because it's like, that's the name that they were given. Learn it. Like you're going to learn all these European names. Why don't you learn a Chinese name? Or why don't you learn an Indian name? Like it's really not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lack of respect. Lazy. It's weird. it's weird I literally get called Simone sometimes and I'm like I don't what? know I don't know how the, the middle name is just suddenly going in front and then I'll get through school I got Ashley by teachers they read Ashley I'm like are you dyslexic like not that that would be a bad Maybe. thing but like I need to know no. like if that's why you're pronouncing yeah. <laughs> your name wrong anyway anyway enough of our triggering name conversations um hi everyone (laughs) welcome to the podcast today we're gonna literally just um probably talk shit and talk about um a lot of our life experiences over the last few years potentially with dating with men um relationships I feel like all these things are really great to hear and hear other people's perspectives, especially in a world where there's so many podcasts, like female podcasts, where they really just talk shit about men. And then there's so many male podcasts where they're just kind of like projecting opinions about how women should be on the internet. So I feel like today we can bring some like nuance to like our bad, maybe, times with dating but kind of like bring it full circle and make it more wholesome you know what I mean I love that I love that because we we love our men we do mm-hmm. and as chronic um relationship gals <laughs> we we really love them and I think yeah they deserve they deserve a spotlight the ones who have affected us like 
in positive ways, men that have taught us lessons, men that have been real mirrors for me as well. And I'm sure for you too. And I know that we were both in long-term relationships and then we both kind of came out of it at the same time. I think you you before, like slightly before me, I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but that's when all the real, well, the next level healing began. And so began also the solo traveling and all that jazz. So I feel like there's so much we're going to dive into. I'm excited. Yes. Well, I know that you have just recently, I suppose, gotten into a relationship with a fine oh, yeah. young, young fellow who we're, <laughs> all, we're all very happy to hear and see and know that you're joyful and you've found a relationship that feels good. Because I know, like, before we started recording, Sean and I were just saying how, like, on her close friends, like, she was always just talking about like the horrible experiences she have just as we do as women on our close friends we're like bro yeah. what did I just experience what the hell was that what is happening oh. in these, the right minds of these people and these men I don't know but let's hear a little bit about like how that came into fruition from going from like having I guess those shitty experiences and like learning mm-hmm. lessons into finding this relationship and how it was I guess moving into like a healthy relationship too like how how did that hit your nervous system good questions so yeah everyone knows about my relationship because I won't stop talking about it because that's (laughs) I am obsessed with my man and I'm glad to be that way I don't think I've felt this healthy obsession with somebody before um because it's always either been infatuation or it's been a loss of my identity and it's all become it's all been a bit merged and confused with the other person so to be able to to really look at him and think wow I found somebody so great somebody that matches me but brings out the best in me and also challenges me is really inspiring and it and it makes me super excited and also I love talking about it with my friends because I I'm the type of person where if I hear somebody's joy I then think okay if if that joy is possible in their lives, then it must be possible in mine. And it gives me a really good feeling of, you know, there's evidence of this in the world. And it's not, my my idea of love is not that far-fetched. Um, so I actually met him in November on the third day that I arrived, in, that I was in Bali. And literally a month before I decided, because of you actually, <laughs> I would be celibate I was like this bitch won't stop talking about being celibate I think I need to like listen (laughs) to listen to her and actually just take take her advice and so I decided out of nowhere I was like you know what I'm not letting a man come into my field at all uh and I started to say no to dates and I started to say no to male energy I stopped looking around I stopped like asking for that energy I was just like I need to genuinely truly and really believe it when I say I'm not interested and I just need to focus on me and prior I was probably saying that but not meaning it so that was the first time I really really meant it um but when I was doing that I of course as the universe works uh started sending me loads of male suitors each one was actually more and more um 
an improvement on the next. So there were certain qualities that I thought to myself, oh, like he's very gentleman, like, oh, he like holds the door open for me. He holds, he puts his hand out to make sure that I'm like, you know, stable when I'm getting out of the car. He makes sure that he pays for, you know, X, Y, Z. Like he's very aware and attentive. And I thought, wow, that's a really nice thing to have. And, and I started to notice that with each guy I met, even if it was just like a platonic relationship, that they would show evidence again of the man that I was seeking and that's what inspired me to actually write my list of things that I wanted in a man and I know people do this and I always thought to myself like yeah yeah you know like the, the list okay like we all do the list but I never actually sat down again with this intention of knowing that I meant it and I wasn't apologetic apologetic about any of the things that I was asking for and I had written that three weeks before I met my now partner, um, Yannick. And I hesitated there because I was like, when I say partner, people think I'm lesbian. <laughs> like, and sometimes I just say partner because like, I literally have had people say, like, are you, are you, are you queer? Are you gay? But anyway, though. partner. I, I say partner normally too, because it's kind of like a, mm. res- to me, it's like a respectful, it's something I've, yeah always done in my adult relationships where this is my partner because boyfriend just doesn't cut it like we're like we're doing life together like he's not like my boyfriend like he's like yeah and I'm fucking like going deep as fuck with like it but we're not married so it's like he's my partner yeah (laughs) yeah okay exactly okay Mm -hmm. same Anyways, but I met him um, three weeks after I wrote that list. And I went through the list maybe about two weeks after dating him and spending quite a lot of quality time together because we were friends uh, in our friendship group. I met him through mutual friends. And um, I looked at the list and I was like, holy shit, like he ticks every single one except maybe two. And those were conditional things that could absolutely change in the future. Um, But it hit me like a ton of bricks because I had again gone into Bali saying to all my friends I'm not interested do not set me up I don't want to meet people and he had said the same thing to our other to our same mutual friends and we didn't even know each other they didn't even know us we all met like for the first time and our mutual friends had actually said to each other I think Sean and Yannick are going to like each other not knowing us at all so there was already this like weird sense of fate happening um but yeah and now it's been what we met in November and now it's February and time is only making this stronger which is so great and I think after a year and a half of a lot of alone time and a lot of mm, short-term dating and it and me realizing maybe like a month in that the person was not right or it didn't align or actually they just made my nervous system feel all types of whack to be with somebody who really really makes me feel safe and seen and heard and loved is like so amazing Mm, love this for you and I love as well that you mentioned like you know telling these stories or hearing other people speak about Mm -hmm. it too is so impactful because it's just a confirmation and it's also just a really it's just a really like it's like a deep breath out to kind of hear like positive 
experiences and stories with no like weirdness attached to it. It's like, this is just what I experienced and I'm getting what I deserve and I've learned these things and this happens. Mm-hmm. And it's just so reaffirming instead of like always being in this mindset of like these things aren't possible for me I'm never going to get this I hate all it sucks my experience sucks to just have like and listen to those stories and really really listen like really sit and listen like I have a girlfriend here in Adelaide who um is kind of probably around the same time frame really like I think that she like met her partner and like they kind of moved really quickly with everything but like they were just so sure like they were like mm-hmm. so sure and he was so sure in her and he wanted to take care of her and he like they just really gelled well and their nervous systems fit well together and just hearing her talk about her experience and the way that he treats her and everything like that it's like oh this is just so nice to hear this because every other woman or whoever is always complaining about someone they're dating or like talking shit about men or their ex or whatever it's like let's let's like (laughs) really encourage these like good stories and I think the good stories can start as well even when you are dating and when you're single and like you're casual dating like that's where you you begin to actually I guess, imprint your perception and imprint like, you know, what is possible, even if it, I mean, it's some type of manifestation, of course, but it's also just seeing the best in people. And the more that you see the best in people, the better that you attract. That's just how it works. Mm. Like if I'm just going to sit here and complain about all these things and all these people, I'm going to mm. keep like finding that in people. Cause that's what I'm looking for now. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh my God, completely. And I, I, I definitely fell into that trap for a while where I was like, just, uh, well, to be fair, I was also at university, um, and I was an angry art school student in my feminist era. So a lot of my work was around being angry at men. Like specifically, I created a whole il- illustration series about how angry I was at men and dating specifically. Um, and that made me really frustrated. And I started to, to honestly nitpick and that's when I had my masculine shield up so bad and I kept wondering why I was attracting men that were just like showing me examples of of how horribly they could behave and how badly they could treat me um but I was in many many ways asking for it because I wanted to prove myself right as we all do we're so fucking stubborn we're like okay so this this guy's gonna treat me like shit I know it I'm waiting for the opportunity And when they do, I'm like, I told you, I told you that would happen. And then you continue that cycle. And I, it was just exhausting. And so many people do it and there's no awareness of themselves doing that. And that's the problem. Um, So I think it's, yeah, I think it's so great that we also will talk about, but also can talk about positive things and be, be genuinely happy for each other too, because I first started to really feel this way about my friend's happiness, um, about a year ago because I I came out of my long-term relationship and I was you know quite heartbroken because of the change and being single again but I was for some reason all my girlfriends were in long-term happy relationships and they were talking to me about you know how they were they were working out their problems and how their man treated them and stuff like that how they feel and I was like wow 
I'm really genuinely thrilled for you. Like I, I, I want that so much, but right now that's obviously not for me. And I'm just so happy to celebrate you and your love and your joy. And I feel like women again can get so jealous and, and, and comparative about where they're at. So it's really nice to be able to talk about what I'm happy about and what I love and to be like celebrated for that. So thank you for that too. Mm, of course yeah no I love um I love that awareness about it and I just think it's like what you're pointing out about like when it's true like we all really want to be right the ego wants to be right (laughs) so when our ego is like this huge and it's built from you know the ego is really like almost a defense mechanism in today's Mm -hmm. society so we've built this defense mechanism against being sensitive against being vulnerable against being fully seen because we're afraid we're going to get hurt so really all these thoughts are coming from a trauma space um and if you're acting out of trauma and you're acting out of fear then of course you're not going to receive the love that a part of you deeply desires so if we're really searching for you know and we're in our ego especially if we're dating in our ego and we're meeting people Mm -hmm straight in their ego and it's just two egos meeting and like we're looking just for like physical attraction and what you can provide for me and like you know if you are really leading with that what boxes can this person tick for me versus do our souls align does our nervous do our nervous systems feel good together like the deeper soul questions then you're going to stay trapped in that ego perspective and that's when it really like yeah it comes up and it's going to show you that you know, this trauma is real and yeah, you can't trust anyone and men ain't shit. Like it's going to confirm what you're thinking because whatever you're thinking is what's creating the reality that you're experiencing. We know this, (laughs) not to sound cliche, but that's how it works. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think because I wasn't hyper fixated on finding my dream man, that's when I found him because I was focusing on being happy and actually looking after myself and again genuinely meaning that you know I'm not seeking it in other people which is a habit I used to have because that was what I was taught to do growing up so Mm -hmm. that male validation was so deeply rooted so deeply rooted yes okay well tell us a bit more about like the some of the experiences I suppose you had before you started dating your current partner like let's mm-hmm. where, do we, where do we even begin like what after you, after you came out of the last relationship like what was dating like for you what did dating mean to you what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's super important to note that when I was in my last relationship I was a literal child like I was what 21 when I first met him and I'd just come out of university and I was broke as hell um I had very little self-esteem and when I came out of the relationship I had built my businesses I had grown into myself physically I started to really understand my place in the world um what I liked and what I didn't like and I looked so much more me like I I could feel confidence like oozing out of me which is why my past relationship just didn't work anymore we were on completely different trajectories and I was there for dating in an entirely new pool of men like another level of success 
in and whatever success means to you, but just in terms of like what I believed was possible, what I believed I was worthy of. Because prior to that, I was dating a lot of broke boys, a lot of creatives, like broke creatives, people that were always struggling, people that um, that their mental health was like at the forefront. And that wasn't actually something that I, I was able to, or I wasn't really looking for that in that, in my fate, in that phase of my life, because my mental health was such a big thing. And it, I needed someone who maybe kind of dealt with some of it already. And it wasn't like a brand new thing to them, like handling their emotions and what to do with their trauma, et cetera, et cetera. So when I first started dating, I was attracting in a lot of fake spiritual men, a lot of, I'm conscious I'm woke, but I don't actually practice what I preach. It's just the look of it. A lot of the facade I was falling for. And that was a lesson I had to learn pretty quickly because yeah, I think I, I think I got caught up in what I I thought I needed to date the man that I thought I needed versus the man that I actually do need. And it can look so different. So it was quite shocking to realize that, Oh, the guy, the 35 year old lawyer who has the really cool loft in like really, you know, expensive part in London who has all these spirituality books and shit isn't my dream man because he's the type of person who will ghost you after taking you out for dinner and talking to you all night and saying all the things that you want to hear he ain't it you know and that was my first experience of being ghosted for example like literally never spoke to me again I've dealt with um being led on by somebody that I met while I was traveling and him cheating on me that was the first experience I ever had with cheating like a lot of these things that were just totally new to me um, and it really hurt my ego. And so, yeah, I think the only way I was able to meet Yannick where he is now and for me to really love him and for me to love myself was to get the fuck over my ego shit when it came to dating men again that I thought I, I thought I should have or thought I was worthy of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I totally know what you mean. And I I've had like similar experiences where like, mm. I know that I dated someone in Dubai and I hadn't really gone on a, I don't think I'd really been on a date since my breakup, like for like eight months, I hadn't been on a date. And then I get to Dubai and I'm like, Oh, well it's time. Like I'm in it's this Dubai, hubby. <laughs> Like I'm in this huge city. There's so many like men who want to treat women here. Um, there's so many like entrepreneurs and like business yeah. people and people that like I can also be inspired from and learn from, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, cool, let's do this. So I went on like two dates in Dubai. That was it. And I was there for two months. So it wasn't like I was dating much. I really didn't find <laughs> much happening there um but there was like one guy that I went on a date with who like ticked every single box on like externally like if you put him on paper mm -hmm. like chef's kiss like he was literally yeah. one of like the most attractive men I've ever seen he was from Sydney Australia but he was living over there from you know I hope he never listens I doubt that he would ever listen to me <laughs> I think I blocked him after the whole experience oh, good. Um, as you should yeah what I was just like, they serve after that like you're never gonna no 
no um so yeah he was like super attractive he picked me up in this like lush Porsche he took me out to a dinner that like was really nice it was live music it was like all the like things that like Mm -hmm. love love bombing but like also just wants to get in your pants um but also I think he knew that I was celibate at that point anyways but you know that that's not going to stop a lot of men out there just no. saying ladies like you have to really be aware of what type of men are out there um but like yeah we had like such good conversation everything was really amazing and going really well and then I don't know like I just there was a part of me that was like this guy's not super emotionally in tune like he knows all the self-help books he knows all that stuff mm. successful he knows this stuff but he just wasn't really like as in awe of I guess feminine energy as I need a man to be so he was definitely kind of disconnected from his own feminine energy like he's like one of and I really I really attract like super masculine men normally like I'm (laughs) the polar opposite of me like I'm super feminine I attract men who have insane schedules who train three four times a week who work all day like and he was a prime example super busy super successful everything and I I was just like I can't see how am I going to see myself with this person if they can't let me in because they don't know their heart they they're closed here so I think that was a big learning lesson for me from that um kind of experience and dating in general over the last year or whatever um six months I suppose that it's like I can I know what I want and I think that's the purpose of really going on these dates like you're not just searching for the dream guy to whisk you away in like the carriage like you don't want Prince Charming right now because if you got Prince Charming right now I don't think you know what to do with him you wouldn't know if it's right for you because you haven't gone through your experiences of like this is a no this is a yes this hurts me that's not what I want this feels really good I uh, admire that in a man too um so yeah I mean that's kind of a I've had like yeah similar experiences to you in that regard wow no completely resonate with the man who like doesn't let you in even though on paper could be a perfect match in terms of a feminine masculine balance and also Mm -hmm. just career and mindset and la 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 and you're physically attracted to each other but there's such a wall up actually I had the exact same experience with the guy that was uh the one who cheated on me he was addicted to dating apps and needing constant validation I didn't meet him on a dating app I met him in person naturally uh in Mexico and so you know that joke's on me because I saw evidence again of this guy not being right for me but I ignored that because I was like oh everything else is so great and I again I needed to trip and fall for me to realize that just because the qualities look good does not make him good for me I'm not saying he's a bad person it just wasn't right for me and I think that's a narrative again that a lot of people mix up they think oh this person you know did me dirty or whatever they are now horrible they're mean they're rude whatever but sometimes and actually most of the time they're doing you a fucking service by showing you they're not right for you. They're giving you all the signs to walk away. Um, maybe they're just not strong enough to cut that bond because they need the validation. They're insecure, they're whatever. So 
he really, really helped me out. So thanks a lot. Um, but you know, red flag number one, he was the pilot. <laughs> red flag, red flag number two, uh, he was just obsessed with his physique. And that's something that I have learned is not okay for me. You can love yourself and look after yourself, but please do not make it your entire world. <laughs> Uh, and for three, never really listen to me. And I need somebody who listens and has something thoughtful to say in return, uh, which is actually one of the things that I wrote down on my list of things that I wanted in a man after all these experiences. I wrote down somebody that has, that can listen, but have intellectual things to say in return, you know, like a dialogue. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it so hard is it so hard totally well that's a good thing to write down too because a lot of people think yeah. that their lists need to be just all these things that society's told us to mm. desire in a man which is like well can he provide does he have money stable yeah. job is he attractive does he go to the gym um <laughs> does he want kids like it's kind of just like yeah. those few things but there's there's such deeper needs that you discover you have the more that you date and the more that you um know your boundary I suppose like going into something and being like look even if someone shows up as this I need to I'm gonna go slow with it and allow myself to discover how this person makes me feel like I'm not just gonna dive right in and I mean that's something I've done a million times with people like I would say someone and it's like we're both like sparks are flying and it's like let's get married tomorrow you know um but I I there's something that you said there that's really important too like I want to touch on is like even if you meet someone and they've got all of these like qualities that Mm. you know are ticking maybe the boxes or society's boxes your parents or your own perceived boxes, whatever, like that doesn't mean that they're potentially even right for you. Like, because your list is determined by society or by your parents or by something that you thought you wanted. Like you can think that you want something and then it's like right in front of you and it actually doesn't feel that good. And I think it's really important to note that, like I wanted all these things in a man and maybe it came or maybe I met someone like that but it like it actually doesn't suit my lifestyle or maybe it doesn't make me feel safe or maybe he's missing like yeah the deeper intellectual emotional capacity to actually you know because he's so distracted with all those other boxes that he's ticking like he works out all the time or he's working all the time he's successful like there are so many things that we like think we need but we slowly discover through the nose and through you know it's just like a a trial and error experience (laughs) completely I think some of the things that I thought I needed was like so people often ask me and I'm sure they ask you too uh do you need a partner who's spiritual or has a spiritual understanding actually yeah what what's your answer to that I'm curious Yeah, it's so funny you bring this up. I've been talking about this with like two of my girlfriends here who Mm -hmm. are dating men who they're both really in the work, like really in the work. Um, One of them is a breathwork facilitator. She is like so deep in the work. I really connect with her on such a deep level. And the other is super spiritual and super connected to like spirit realms and literally like one of the most like, um, I guess, Mm -hmm 
what people think spirituality is like she's really in that world um and they're both dating really non-spiritual men and Mm, like that's a question that they've obviously like asked themselves and that they've battled with too like we're talking about it and it's like I'm expressing to them and like they're agreeing now like they're really seeing it like you don't need like you think that you've needed a super spiritual conscious like woo-woo tantra man (laughs) in reality you just want a man who is grounded who is stable who can hold your world and your your energy um doesn't want to change you and knows himself so he could be like in a completely different realm to you but when you guys meet it's like you can talk about almost anything like you can you learn about each other you discover about each other through your world's blending and yeah totally I'm 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 probably with you on that it's like we thought that we needed that wanted that um I definitely need a I need a deeply conscious man like I know that much but I don't need you to be like this spiritual tantra guru. No, like, like, and I've said to my girlfriends, I'm like, if you met a super spiritual tantra man, he's actually probably going to be more likely even more feminine than you. And like, you're actually like, your pussy's going to dry up. (laughs) (laughs) Because what makes you melt and soften and surrender is just groundedness stability self-knowing self-assuredness and that comes in so many different shapes and forms and in different men who do different jobs and want different things from life so yeah yeah I think it's I think it's super cool to have a partner or like somebody in your life whoever you're dating to be a counterpart you know and with with polarity with duality like why do we have to be the same like you can have so many things in common for sure or at least attitude towards life you know similar attitudes because Yannick isn't um he's not spiritual but he's done a lot of his own reading into religion and spirituality and he forms his own opinions and he has his own relationship with source and it's nothing that he needs to like have loads of you know like to shout and scream about he it's just his personal thing and he can see what I do and my relationship with God as Sean's he's like that's her thing and I respect it and I won't question it I won't like push her I won't try and dig like poke holes in it that's just her thing and you know and I love that so much because I sometimes have felt like I needed to explain things to guys who maybe were so disconnected from themselves and from source and that that then made me feel quite alien and and they would look at it like it was a you know a weird woman's thing yeah you know like oh these woo-woo women and they're crazy shit like she's a witch or something which yeah sure you know there's a lot of truth in that too but you know I, on the other end of the spectrum as well there have been guys that have tried to tell me my spirituality and I don't need that either that's not what your that's not your purpose in my life is not to be my guru uh you're meant to be my my partner that I hold hands with and discover life together not you telling me so it's really 
it's definitely been interesting and especially having traveled to like places where there are a lot of spiritual people around in Mexico and in Bali and in Thailand like brah they're everywhere and there's a lot of this kind of need to prove too and I've had to definitely discern very carefully um with men in particular because they they sometimes will use spirituality as a way to lure women in um which I'm sure we've all experienced in a certain degree yeah yeah I think it's really important as well to um yeah what you said there about like I don't know the words you used exactly but like for me, I I think values of what you guys want out of, like, I think you said, like, life experience. Attitude. Wanna, yeah, yeah, like, your attitude towards life and how you view this life experience, like, and your values, yeah. kind of, like, aligns with values. And, like, that shit is, that's what's naturally very important because you can't, yeah. and that's an issue I feel like I've had in past relationships, sort of, like, we've kind of just had, like, different values on like fundamental things and no matter no matter the chemistry no matter the romance no matter the um sexual appeal or like the deep spiritual connection it's like if we can't see eye to eye on some life shit yeah we're not going to be able to come together as partners in life and I feel like in my last relationship I really felt like I was uh, and this is something that I know is a huge need for me now. Um, I really felt like I was alone in the relationship, even though we had like the best sex of my entire life, even though we were so deep and he was so conscious and he always showed up for me and all of this, like, why did I feel so alone all the time? And it was kind of because like, again, he kind of had that like heart wall up. It was kind of like, well, like, I need to keep you over there, but I'm still going to show up for you and we're going to have this relationship. But I felt I was always kind of kept at arm's length and going into that relationship from a very codependent relationship previously, I was always like, this is like, I don't want to be in a codependent thing again, but I don't want this. I don't want to feel like I'm intruding on your life or that you don't want to merge me with yours. And I just always kind of had this feeling of like, I'm alone in this um and I think that for me now is like for anyone listening that might feel like oh yeah that's a fucking need for me too is like I need to feel like my partner is my best friend like literally my best fucking bro like I want to be bros with you just like I want to be lovers just like I want to be you know partners in crime just like I want to be like you know and I don't think we need to be like absolutely everything for our partner like I used to think that like my partner needs to meet every single one of my needs because I came from a codependent like Mm -hmm. childhood I suppose and my first real serious adult relationship was very codependent but now it's more like I just know my specific fundamental needs and I'm really learning that those are non-negotiable for me and um I want to be on the same fucking page I think it's about being on the same page as your partner like let's be on the same page especially about us growing in maybe different directions but really committing to like the union that we have as well like let's be autonomous but have a union that we like really nourish and pour energy into as well because that's fucking important to both of us and I do feel like there are a lot of men out there that that is not so important 
to them right now, maybe in their, the, the age that they are or because society is the way it is or the economy is the way it is. Like people really feel like, and feminism has like, let's, we'll go there at some point. Yes. Like everything is kind of like been constructed and molded to like for men and women to really keep proving themselves in their field and keep being so autonomous and like, I don't need no one. And like, I'm like mm-hmm. killing it at this. And I'm like, and I feel like so many men, especially super masculine ones are unfortunately like they don't want to open their heart and they don't want to go down that path because again, it's like fear of more trauma. It's fear of rejection. It's fear of getting hurt. It's fear of being abandoned. And that's why we hold back in life. And I think that's what's beautiful about so many of the women I know. And what I believe is beautiful about myself too, is that even though I've been hurt and I've been traumatized, like I keep opening my heart. Like I keep, I'll heal and I'll take the time to heal, but I'll reopen it because you can't have the love that you really desire if you don't risk it, if you don't open your heart. So I think that's what's, um, yeah, a bit of a block for a lot of men specifically and women too but it's like we we don't believe that the union that we can pour into with someone can actually benefit us because of our trauma so people avoid coming together so they stay on the surface it stays very shallow it's very like casual sex world that we live in like quick swiping let's get some needs met but we're so terrified of opening our hearts and trusting somebody else with, you know, our, our souls basically. Um, and I think the more that when you find someone who really matches those values and everything else, like, and you guys, you want the same thing. Like I really felt like I was with a man who like just genuinely didn't want to be deeply in love. You know what I mean? It was just like an energy, like he loved me. He showed up for me. He, I was that woman for him. He saw himself marrying me, but like, I just felt like he just didn't want to be deeply in love. And maybe that's just my perception of it because I'm such a lover, but I know now I need, I need a lover boy. I really need a man who like, is a lover boy and wants to fucking love with his whole heart. And they're out there. I, I know them, you know, I know yeah. these men. So Yeah. yeah feel you I feel you so much because I have direct contrast like this exact experience too with Yannick now and my the guy that I dated before Yannick so the guy I dated who cheated on me he uh was so hard to be myself with and it was really interesting to think about it actually very recently. I think Yannick and I were joking around being really stupid and goofy. And sometimes Yannick will say to me, he's like, oh, you're such a guy, like you're such a dude. And I'm like, I know, cause I am very, <laughs> I am such a guy in the way I talk sometimes and the things that I do. And I, I'm, you know, I actually really love boy things you know not to be that girl oh my god but you know what I mean like I just really <laughs> it's it's giving it's giving like Kendall Jenner like you know there's me oh my god I'm just like born to be an athlete but <laughs> but like jokes aside I I have this very very boyish streak in me and I think and I was reflecting on this I think it comes from trying to connect with my dad because he was so unwilling to be feminine with me and my sister. So he made us 
feel like we needed to be more like him in order to connect with him. So I think I just then learned a lot of masculine things to try and bond with him, including football and being goofy and being very like kind of abrupt and yeah, a bit hard. So we have that really fun side together and he he loves that and I love it too because I get to see him be his most authentic self when he's being in his masculine that way when he's being a guy and and that brotherhood that comes that that he has with his with his guy friends and you know that he shares that with me but I know at the end of the day I will never be able to actually provide that for him properly like he gets gives me a snippet I give him a snippet and that's it like he seeks that elsewhere um and that helps me heal in so many ways because then I I don't feel like I need to always be the perfect wife the perfect partner the perfect you know, whatever feminine, I get to just be myself. Whereas with guys I've dated before, I felt this pressure to be very, very controlled and, and one-dimensional because they can't understand the multi-dimensional aspects of, of a woman. And I I get to fully unleash that and be so messy with Yannick. And th- that's something that I didn't want to show people before because I was afraid it would make me seem unattractive or confusing or um, misleading or I don't know, like any other, you know, nonsense things that I, I would come up with to to convince myself that somebody would not love me for who I truly am. But I think because I met Yannick as as friends, he saw that side of me straight away and it was gradually built upon. Um, but it, again, having the contrast where I genuinely could not speak around the guy that I dated before, uh, I could not say my my real thoughts and opinions. And yet I stayed, I dated him for almost two months because I believed again that the qualities trumped the feeling. And that's, again, something that people so often forget is that just because it looks good and just because everyone around you is praising it and saying it looks nice does not mean it makes a relationship for you. And you always know, and we can never lie to ourselves as much as you try, you will always know that somebody's not right for you. And, it, you know, telltale signs include crying, <laughs> include being irritable, um, include being very in denial and also frustrated and, and, and questioning yourself. And I can say hand on heart, when I started dating Yannick, I didn't question myself at all. And there was no fear. And there was no kind of wondering, is this the right thing to do? Am I going to get hurt? Am I going to regret this? None of that. Because of course, there's the potential of being hurt. Of course, there's the potential that this may not work out. But I'm so certain and so sure. And my body knows that. And it's shown me in so many ways that this is right. And that only came about, like that awareness and that ability to tap into my body only came from all those negative experiences of knowing what it felt like to be in a state of fear and shock and and, um, mistrust, ultimately. Mm, Yeah, wow. Well, it's it's so beautiful that you've like found that um, peace with somebody. And yeah. Yeah, I love that you know that you like you have that like boyish side, like you know that about yourself. And <laughs> I'm the same, like I need to be able to be like, you know, one of the boys with you for like a moment. Yeah. And, like, 
I am someone who just like I want to wear like a oversized t-shirt and just like talk shit like I talk like a fucking guy so like I'm gonna Same. I'm gonna call you bro I'm gonna call you bro yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. just do that I don't know why it's always been a thing um yeah because yeah there are so many different parts to me and then there there's a part of me that's like I really need to be able to have intellectual deep fucking conversations with you and learn with you and grow with you and be inspired by you and in the same breath like I want us to be have that polarity sexually too and to be able to trust you to to lead me in that way and that I can be that way with you um and it's yeah bringing it back to kind of like the the spiritual man or consciousness type of thing like obviously not needing that as a requirement um to have like a super spiritual guy um that there are so many more important values that come first but also I have as we've all had our fair share of dating very unconscious men um I have had this one like literal fuck boy like and I don't I don't use that word lightly like I I only call someone that if they're really I'll joke around about it to guys that I'm dating and they'll get so offended men get so offended they're like I'm not and I'm like okay but um one guy (laughs) that dated on and off for like literally three years like two years like we would like go no contact not talk and then we'd like see each other again and whatever and like this guy when I say like unconscious like I mean unconscious and not like as bad of a, as I've had in the past like I'm, I'm, I'm like he'd be so offended and like disrespected if he heard this conversation <laughs> but I mean all the most respect to this person even though he has treated me like shit many times and been like he he's like my wounding this person um we're not in contact anymore and like that ship has sailed because the door had to close um but like I just felt like I really had to be certain versions of me with him and those Mm -hmm. certain versions that I had to be with him were like sexy they were like flirty. They were the fun parts of me, the more wild parts of me. We definitely had like trauma bonding happening where like we were each other's like best sex ever. And it was like the main reason that we kind of kept seeing each other was because of the sex. But then that's who I had to be. And I felt like if I wanted to honestly be more of my emotional self, it was always seen as like, like he'd always go on the defense mode. He'd always feel like I'm attacking him. He'd always feel like he couldn't have this conversation. And then he's too tired to talk about it and all these other things. And I'm like, I'm never going to feel emotionally safe with this person as long as I may live. Like, I know that like, he's just not, he's grown a lot obviously yeah. in the last few years that I've known him, but it was just always like literally banging my head up against a wall. And so that's why I know that I need, I need a man who is really emotionally available and wants to show up emotionally for me, wants to understand my emotions. And I think when men truly love you and respect you and value you, I mean, same same vice versa, when we really respect and value men, we want to hold space for their feminine too. We want to hold space for whatever they need um same with our friends and I think if a man can't 
you know, listen to your needs, listen to describe how you feel. Um, We don't want to be like projecting and like shouting and calling them names and like getting super, like, and I've been that person. I've been the wounded feminine many times. Um, And look, some people like push you to that point in toxic trauma bond relationships. Like, I feel like that's like you're saying, like there's telltale signs. There are red flags of like, if you're always being pushed into your wounded feminine, because even when you try to be healthy feminine and you try to be healthy, expressive, healthy, emotional, holding your own emotions, sitting with yourself with them first and then bringing them to the container, like, and they (laughs) still can't show up for you. And it's still perceived as like an attack on their ego an attack on their manhood an attack on who they are as a person, then it's not for you. It's just not right for you. Um, those people you unfortunately need to kind of be left alone until they're really ready to do the work. And I wish, I wish everyone had like a light on their head that was like, I'm emotionally available or I'm not like that would really save a lot of time out on these streets because there's so <laughs> many of us that like will meet people and they're perceived in a certain way. We think that they're a certain way and then we just get so deep and that's what causes these trauma bonds. Um, but I definitely want to touch on some more like red flags and like mm-hmm. telltale signs. Like what can we give the listener oh when it comes to knowing like what to look out for and what to perceive as like a warning sign and that doesn't mean you just need to abandon ship and not date this person I think it's just something that you need to take slower you need to take into consideration you need to be aware of and think about what is underneath that red flag because any type of warning sign or any type of red orange flag there is something deeper underneath there. And for me, I've realized, do I think that that person is going to work on that orange flag for themselves? Or is it like bright red to where they're blinded by it and they can't even see it and it's going to negatively affect me? I think like I've met people that have orange flags and I've got orange flags. We all have orange flags that are like, yeah, that we, there are wounded parts but I'm what I know I'm working on mine. I know my shit, my baggage that I'm bringing in that I'm going to work on that. I I don't want to get in the way of real love that I'm going to keep tending to. And if you have orange flags, are you working on yours or are they so bright fucking red that you don't even know how to, you don't even know that they're there because they're so like your whole world is a red flag basically. (laughs) I think a big theme for me again mirrored in my childhood as I often tend to be is when a man is not able to communicate and he withdraws and just and just goes silent and expects me to be able to read in between the lines um to figure out how he's feeling and what I should do to fix something um and that really really triggers a, a kind of fight or flight response in myself where I feel so unsafe and I start conjuring up all these ideas about you know what they're thinking and how they're feeling and I drive myself absolutely insane and this is something that I really really learned when I go into that state of 
okay, now I'm making up all these stories. That's when I know to either straight away say to them like, hey, um, you haven't communicated, you haven't maybe for example, okay, so a lot of people deal with texting, right? Someone hasn't texted you back in eight hours and they usually text you back in maybe within the hour or they're pretty quick or you've you've noticed there's a just there's an irregularity in the pattern right and you can sense that something's off but they haven't said anything what i now do instead of creating up all these creating all these stories or what i did do before i met yana because he does not put me in that state was to just say straight away like hey i'll send a voice note as well top tip send a voice note they can hear the tone of your voice and it's not as accusatory and they can feel how, how you're feeling a little bit more. But I'll send a voice now and say, hey, um, I know you've been busy because usually those, that's the first excuse. I'm busy or I'm doing something or whatever. I'll say, I know you've been busy. I just wanted to mention that, you know, it's kind of making me feel a little weird that you haven't messaged me back in this in this long. Just wanted to touch base with you. If there's anything you, you know, you're going through, let me know. But otherwise, I would appreciate, you know, letting you letting me know what's going on because I notice that there's change. And I just wanted, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. And when you're able to say that to somebody, you're just giving, you're opening up the conversation. You're opening up the floor. It's not for you to say they're doing something wrong, but just say, hey, like let's talk about it. Like, like what my expectations are and what yours are because if they immediately come back and they're like hey you know so sorry here's a whole like list of excuses you get to then feel that too does that feel right to you does that feel legit or is that just like going to continue that habit because it's going to probably happen again and again and again and how long you're going to be able to handle that and also how long how how much are you willing to sacrifice the, the communication need for this to be with this person because ultimately that's what you're looking at here and any sort of sign in your body where you're making up stories you're going in circles about something and you're talking to all your friends or you're talking to yourself for hours about I really really think are red flags that you need to pay attention to because somebody that makes you feel safe there should only be really like maybe one or two things maybe they're busy and they can't respond because they're at work or something really abnormal has happened and you're just gonna like let them have that space like maybe maybe you need that space maybe you've been talking way too much and actually there's nothing to say and it's not a personal thing you know mm -hmm. yeah oh my god so many points that I can add on to that like so mm -hmm. So, so important. That's something that everybody deals with, especially if we are dealing with masculine men who tend to lean on the avoidance side of things as yes. well. Um, who, yeah, that's the way that they have lived their life is to kind of avoid emotional conflict, um, yeah. to not over communicate because they're just trying to get their shit done in the world. Um, and that's their conditioning. And I think it's true what you said, like if, I mean, at the end of the day, like if, if a man is truly safe for you, like no matter what you bring to the container, it's not going to rock the boat to where you guys are like yeah. falling over into the ocean. Like, I think if you've got an insecurity or a trigger that's happening in you, cause that's kind of what it is, right. It's like, if you're sitting back mm -hmm. and you're thinking of all these stories in your head, like, I'm, I mean, it's not necessarily them that's the problem but it's you mm -hmm. almost, like choosing this person who is going to activate those stories because yeah. again with a safe man you know that it's like he's definitely he's too he's busy right now I know he's fucking busy because 
he shows up for me every time that he can. He texts me when he can really get to it. And I know that about him. Even in my last relationship, I really had so many, like my, I have such an anxious attachment style. Now it's more, Mm -hmm. I'm more disorganized and secure. Like I have, I definitely have more secure attachment now, but I still have disorganized. So like I'll get anxious sometimes, but I can calm it down a lot quicker. And because I'm only talking to and choosing to date men who are, like healthy, like who I know are into me, who are showing up for me. I know that they're their truth. I know they're honest with me. Um, But even in my past relationship, I was so anxious all the time. And even though he wasn't doing anything necessarily wrong, um, I would just get anxious and go into stories about everything. Like I was, I was healing Mm -hmm. big trauma um, from my relationship previously. So I think that's another thing to note is like, a lot of these like red flags we see in other people really kind of deeply come from us like choosing them in the first place like why we why are we choosing this person who we know is exhibiting these behaviors and then it's making us spiral like wouldn't I prefer to be with someone who's safe um but even then I was with a you know, a safe quote unquote person at the time. I thought, I thought this man was really, really safe for me, but I could never relax my nervous system around him. He exhibited everything right. Like the whole relationship didn't like do nothing wrong. There are a few like orange flags, a few red in the beginning, um, but we moved past it. And I still just, my nervous system could not trust this man. And I think at the end of the day, that was a lot of my own work to do. Um, and also maybe that he just wasn't aligned with my nervous system and what I truly, truly needed. Like there was something deeper within him that was energetically coming out that I could feel that he hadn't even found within himself yet. So it wasn't a topic of conversation, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, the communication I think is a big one, like a red, it's a red flag. If, especially if you guys are just starting to date and you're courting he's courting you and he can't even show up now what's gonna happen when you're fucking if you ever get there like what what happens when you're married and other things are happening in life and he can't communicate you know now when things are meant to be free-flowing and easy and I think it's it is good to know like that's a big thing for me too that I've noticed is like if a man is like in his healthy masculine, he's leading me and he's leading the conversation. And like yes. I don't need to check in with yeah. him. Are we going on this date? Is this the time you're picking me up? Is this what's happening? Where are you? Good morning. Like what's like, I don't want to be over no. here confused. Okay. I think it's a red flag if you I know it's a red flag if you are genuinely confused at what's going on and if this person is even pursuing you and if he's set on you you should be sure if someone is set on you yeah so true yeah so true yeah that's a really good one because again a man who actually desires you wants you respects you they see your worth and they'll do anything to make sure that you know that they're interested and there's no gray zone and you wouldn't be playing in the gray zone either. Like when the healthy feminine and masculine are working together, 
you're peacocking like in the best way and I think that's that's the beauty of it that's the fun of it is when you're actually able to like put your best foot forward and, and to and to and to court like reciprocate reciprocate that because you know the allowing a man to lead is something that I've really really had to learn in the last year because I was so masculine in my past relationship because I really really didn't trust that he was able to step up to be the man that I needed him to be, but also the man that I knew he could be. And that's something, again, that's, you know, like, ding, 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 like, we weren't right for each other. And I, and I knew that, which is why I eventually left. But I felt like I needed to make sure everything was right. I needed to, I needed to do the bills because I was worried that he wouldn't fuck it up. I needed to cook because I was worried he'd burn the food. I needed to do the laundry in case he messed it up, messed up the laundry. Because, like, everything was, like, let me do it because I'm better at it. And so for me to then meet somebody like Yannick, who wants to do things, not because he's necessarily better at it, he always finds solutions, he always finds ways, and he wants to alleviate load from me, because he knows that I work very hard in, in the certain things that I'm doing committed to um, our certain responsibilities. I trust him fully to figure that out. I trust him to, you know, take responsibility for certain things and other things I know that I'm better at too so I am it's like understanding that although yes we want somebody to lead and that feels so good when you finally trust them and you're like wow I get to like lean back and relax and enjoy the enjoy the ride at the same time also knowing what they're good at and what you're good at too can really really help your relationship because then you're not having these unrealistic expectations of somebody to nail every single thing because maybe for example navigation Yannick sucks at it <laughs> he sucks so much we'll be driving on the scooter and he will get lost and I'm like bro let me do it and that's just the rule we've made I do it all I'm like go left go right go straight <laughs> and you know booking airbnbs that's another one i'll do it i'll do it but everything else you know a lot of, well not everything but a lot of the other things he does and and i feel good about that so yeah it's 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 learning it's learning to trust but also to yeah i don't know i mean what what's your experience with that because i feel like people are afraid as feminines as well to lead in any sense because then they're like what if i fuck it up and what if i'm no longer feminine if i don't you know if i don't let them do everything Thing. there's like this misconception that if you do anything for yourself you're no longer divine feminine mm, no yeah I've had a lot of experience with that and I, I can really resonate with like you're saying your last relationship you were super like in the masculine and I was I've always been like that with like every guy that I fucking dated because I just attracted like I don't know if it was a part of me that wanted to be not stronger or something maybe oh, I, I wanted to belittle I belittle yeah. like that was a horrible thing in me that I wanted to look down on them because I knew I was better than them and that was something I needed to heal 100% but yeah it's a fully real thing to be like I'm gonna date someone beneath me so I get to feel better about myself yeah and like I hate that feeling now I want I want my man literally to be more intelligent than me I want him yes to richer I want him to have like go like lead me <laughs> lead me daddy yeah. like I trust you bow down but I, of course I want yeah. him to like see the value in me of course that's a whole nother thing but yeah I was yeah. really um healing like this huge masculine wound with my last relationship and 
as much as this person was showing up all in all the safe ways in a healthy way that I'd never seen before in a man, I'd never had a man do these things. Um, even though he lacked romance, which is a big thing for me. Um, he did all the other things right. And I was just still like, I could not like let go. Like there was something in me that was just like, I can't, I, I just don't want to trust him. Like I was always questioning him and like mm-hmm. belittling, like, like you're saying, like all these like little things about him, which is making him feel worse. And I did that yeah. in so many relationships when I'd end up in a toxic cycle. And like, I just mm-hmm. want them to feel like, not with him, but with all the others. Like I'd want them to feel I guess like shit because I was feeling like shit too. Like I felt like they were treating me poorly and I was just trying my best to kind of reciprocate what I was receiving. Um, And I really think that, I mean, I've written this before on the internet, like the, the divine feminine really is like a reflection and she's going to give back what you give her like tenfold. So if you're going to disrespect her or you're going to treat her poorly and you're not going to see her value, then good luck because like, she's going to, literally turn into super dark ursula feminine like she's just gonna be a bitch basically um but our uh, that's our wounding that keeps us in those cycles the healthy feminine is like well i'm seeing that we're not aligned here you're treating me poorly you're making me feel this type of way i feel anxious i feel not seen like i need to get up and leave um but yeah, I really felt like I could not trust this person no matter what. And I'd always have to take over almost like a part of me, my brain would be like, I need to take over the situation. I need to be in, in controls, control issues. And now the way I see it and the way that I see my feminine and my masculine playing with someone is like, I've learned a lot from my teacher, John Wineland. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot from him about like, you know, and Kendra Kunov, I think that's her last name, like the woman that works with him a lot, like really, really learning how to play in my feminine and play with my wounded parts too. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I've gone really deep in all of that. Like I I have like a wounded little princess within me from my trauma and that's going to be kind of part of me. Like how can I actually allow that to be artful in the relationship so how can I actually use this like bratty little part of me to get what I want but also give them what makes them feel good as well um and it's like such a play and that's what makes things fun it's polarity it's sexy um but also I love to like lead him like lead a man to lead me like if he's kind of stepped down yeah it's always the invitation the feminine is the invitation like that story that I was saying about like when I actually I think that was on the last podcast I've like done two podcasts today I don't know if, if this was with Liz I don't know if I said this on this podcast but like I was on the beach in Mexico and um I saw a hot guy and like he was kind of checking me out and like I was waiting for food with a friend and I was with a male friend and I was like, he's going to think that we're together. So I went and like stood by myself, like close to the ocean while we waited for food. And I was kind of just like getting more sun on me, but also like I'm standing here kind of peacocking almost and like being like on show because all my friends say this to me, like, I love how much you flirt with men. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like the biggest flirt ever. I just love it. Because <laughs> um, women are afraid to do that. And they also yeah. think that the men, the man needs to come to them and the man needs to lead. And like 100%, I want the man to lead. But the way that you really allow a man to lead is by inviting him. Yeah. So 
inviting him, especially a healthy man, because a healthy man is not going to go and cross your boundary or rush in and step in on your toes and be like, I I need you. And I I need you right now. And let's go like, no, a healthy man's going to be like, figuring out her boundaries. What does she actually want? Does she, is she inviting me? So I was like on the beach and I'm like looking all cute. I'm just like twirling around and like, I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and he takes his glasses off and he's like voicing to me. Cause he's like meters away. He's like voicing to me. He's like, are you with that guy? Like, is that your boyfriend? And I said, no, like I shook my head. And then he like comes over to me, starts talking to me. And I'm like, here we go. Like I got what I wanted and I allowed you to get what you wanted too. Cause I knew that we were feeling, I knew we were feeling this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's that play on polarity and the play on the feminine is really important in relationship. It's so important because you want what you want. Like you want him to do the dishes or you want him to do the laundry. You want him to pick up his fucking shit on the floor. You want him to respect your space. You want him to open the door for you. Um, In my last relationship, when I'd go into wounded masculine, wounded feminine, I'd be like, you never open the door for me. Like, why don't you open the door for me? Why do you never get me flowers? Why do you not do this? Like there are so many other relationships online where women Mm -hmm. are getting this. Why are you not doing this? Now, when I date men, they already kind of energetically know how to come come at me and treat me from the beginning, like a lot better than I used to be treated. But from that point forward, I tell them what I love that they do. I love flowers. So I'm really appreciative that you got me flowers. Like that's so sweet. It means so much to me. Um, like really encouraging good behavior. It's almost like how you would treat a child, but this is how, this is how men learn. This is how men learn to treat you and how to show up. Um, so you're, you're really inviting the energy that you desire versus complaining about what you don't want again from a trauma brain like what we were just talking about before like if I keep speaking from my fear and my anger towards men and trauma and what I hate and what I don't like that you do and all of this then I'm gonna just be met with resistance obviously versus I am encouraging and inviting more of what you have already given me a bit of because you respect me and I love that I love that you treat me that way um and I think that's how the feminine can step into leadership at times and of course there are times where I'll get I'll get into like boss mode and I'll be more masculine when some when time calls for it but I think the men that I date like love to take care of me they say that they say I want to take care of you I want to know how to take care of you how can I support you better what do you need um and I I voice what I love I voice what I need I don't shy away from that um just because I say it say what I really want doesn't make me less feminine it's it's more about like now you're going to show up and now I can soften into that and now I'm more feminine than ever so yeah there's that I love it love (laughs) it so many things you said as well about like okay so the, the invitation thing my example of that with Yannick exactly that we even talk about it because I had to give him the group green light multiple times for him to actually take action because he's the type of man that really respects women's boundaries and he does not touch he does not come near and like you know get all in my space because he could tell that I'm not that type of woman and it's true I'm physically not very touchy unless I trust you fully 
and he could just sense it. So he needed me to make those little, little physical moves so he could go, oh, okay, she wants me to touch her. And I love that because he was able to pick up on those cues and got to give men credit as well, where credit is due. They're also intuitive. Like they can feel it. They can read the room as well. I think we're so used to men taking advantage of us and not being able to do that. But there are guys out there that aren't intelligent enough emotionally to know when you were calling to them. And that was when he started to actually amp it up a little bit not too much just a little bit where he would be a little bit more flirty or he yeah, but the thing is he was giving me signs in other ways where he would have intense eye contact with me or he would listen to me or he would ask me questions or he would genuinely show interest and things like he would remember what I said and would bring it up at a later date and things about like the flowers for example he knew I loved flowers so when I came back after three weeks away in Thailand I came back to Bali to be with him and to stay in Bali um he bought me flowers and he picked me up at the airport and he brought me home and he put you know he had he bought me a necklace and like got me dinner and like made sure everything was was all set up and I was like wow like I never asked I didn't say specifically I, I need you to do these things for me he just listened and he heard what I liked as you said like exactly that because I would say stuff like I love flowers or and not and not in a way where I'm like okay I have to say this today so he hears this <laughs> I would just say it naturally because I was getting to know him and he was getting to know me yeah. and I would say stuff like oh it's really sweet when people cook for me because I love to cook for others I don't like cooking for myself but when I cook for others I find it really romantic and it and it's a it's a really nice gesture so all these little things add up and I think again sometimes we can forget that the small things are also like you know really beautiful gestures really beautiful gifts and they're not they don't have to just be in the form of a fancy dinner or you know um yeah I don't know buying you a Birkin bag or whatever like these things that we see on TikTok now like the social media idea of what dating and what love looks like sometimes it can be still very very subtle and it can grow into a much more intense passionate thing but that's for you to decide what your boundaries are and what you're willing to let them into and vice versa because I think we can get a little confused now with so much information and so many visuals that we think that our love has to look a certain way and it needs to be this crazy um public display of, of material whatever the heck like sometimes it's not that and that's okay too yeah amen amen I feel like mm. that was a that was a big grounding thing for me over the last mm. year as well and that's just what it is maybe we don't need what we think we want <laughs> we actually need something different and we discover that through the dating and through the experimenting yeah. and finding and learning and loving and losing and all of the things. Oh my gosh. Okay. This has been a long podcast and I love everything that we've said and covered. Like let's <laughs> like for your part, guys, we're going to do like literally a part two on Sean's podcast. So you're going to have to stay tuned for that and go find that after you listen to all of this, because we could just talk all day. I feel like about everything. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I love we it. We talk so much in the DMs. It goes on and on. It's like, wait, let's actually just make this a podcast. Yes. <laughs> so yes. much value. Exactly. Honestly, I feel like there's like so much in today's episode that like people are going to need. Someone's going to need something in here. Like so many nuggets, so much gold. 
um, just from our experiences and learning and yeah, growing and healing and dating while we do that. So, oh, wow. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Literally a year ago. Literally a year ago. Wow. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, because I was in Playa del Carmen. Oh my God. Yeah. What the Mm -hmm. hell was I? I don't even want to think about this time last year. (laughs) I I was a wreck. I was a wreck. I was going through it. I was going through it um where can everyone find you online where can we follow you yes uh instagram at shanae s-i-a-n-n-a-a-y sometimes i can't even spell itself um also you can follow me on tiktok with sean mckeever and to be honest god knows what else i mean yeah my website you can check it out all my links are on my instagram um but there's new stuff coming i'm in my i'm in my rebirth phase at last after literally being dead I know Alicia you've been in the same vibe like we've just been mm-hmm. dead for a long time <laughs> and the work has been so uninspired There's, it's just been like a freaking uphill battle but I'm finally ready to just like release new shit again and, and launch launch webinars and do courses and actually create products and just create again so yeah. check that out when the time comes but yeah follow me for more um and final thing if you want to join my sisterhood retreat totally forgot about this well uh, i only have two more spots left it's going to be in bali on june 3rd to the 9th you can check that out you can hang with me and 17 other women from all over the world in ubud uh, which is going to be so fucking cool so if you're interested in that check that out lush sounds divine thank you so much for this amazing episode we will chat thank again. you <laughs> always well thank you. <laughs>